This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. With a large range of Volkswagen models in stock, visit Solitaire Volkswagen and test drive today. Live across South Australia, welcome to Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Yeah, gorgeous weather across Adelaide today. It is the 1st of October, top of 22 degrees. It's going to be sunny. Bryce Gibbs has his shirt off, which is so inappropriate, but just to give you a bit of an insight into painted picture. Um, so you're ready for a big day, Bryce. Good for you. Yeah, you got your sunnies on because the sun's reflecting straight off my pasty white skin. You're so white, you're almost see-through. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's getting like that. Um, yeah. And I know all about that because my wife is Scottish and we have two children and they got her skin. So I got a bunch of see-through kids. Yep. No, I'm, uh, I don't tan, Hazy. <laughs> you don't. It's as simple, simple as that. Sun, burn, peel, white, start again. Yep. Repeat. <laughs> there you go. Um, uh, Crows Best and Ferris was the other night, and Rory Laird won it the third time that he's won a Malcolm Blight medal and put on the golden jacket, which is phenomenal in itself because now Rory Laird sits amongst the greats of the Crows. That is Simon Goodwin, Mark Rusciuto, Andrew McLeod, Rory Laird, the only blokes to have won three Best and Ferris at Adelaide. Spike was a rookie. It is ridiculous the career that he's chalking up. It's it's good company that he's keeping up there with three Malcolm Blight medals. And he has been one of the only shining lights for the Adelaide Footy Club in this tough period of, uh, of a rebuild, the last three or four years that they've gone through. He's been ultra consistent. He's made, or he's uh, all Australian in there as well in one of those years and has made the uh, squad of 40 on a, on a couple of occasions as well. So... Um, yeah, he's been unbelievable consistent. Some of the numbers he's put up in terms of disposals and contested possessions, and he's uh, even started to hit the scoreboard in more recent times as well. He's, uh, it's a credit to him. I, I know how hard he works at his craft uh, and how diligent he is uh, on his body. So it's, uh, it's no surprise that, that he is, has been so consistent. But, yeah, to be put in that sort of tier of, of McLeod, Goodwin, and Rusciuto, uh, he'll look back one day and be very proud of, of that. He and still is, got probably a bit more to go too. Oh, I was about to say, like his best footy might be ahead of him as yeah. well. He's still got a lot of football to play. So, look, if he finishes his career with at least another, maybe two more golden jackets, like that's, it's just incredible stuff. And the thing that I love the most is that he is the ultimate rookie success story. You talk about rookies from the Crows, straight away I think about Ben Rutten. He was a rookie. Um, Jason Pleasure, he was a rookie as well. I'd be missing a couple of guns that came off the rookie list. So help us out, 0427-154-166. But some of the other great rookie list of players, who sticks out for you? Uh, there's, a, there's actually quite a few. Um, well, Dean Cox, that's, he's probably nearly number one, if not in the top couple. Uh, pick 28 in the 2000 rookie draft. 290 games, six All-Australians, a flag and a BNF in there as well. It's not bad. And the best ruckman for the best part of ten years. That's a pretty good um that's a pretty good return for a rookie. They just uh, <laughs> let's just put him on the list and see how he goes. Yeah. Uh big Aaron Sandlands as well. He was a rookie, two hundred and seventy one games. 
So he was amazing. Two best and fairest. Uh, he was all Australian four times. 271 games. Um, so that was amazing. Josh Gibson. Yep. He came off the rookie list. The best and the thing about Josh Gibson and something that you would look back and go, well, that was just incredible, was that he won two best and fairest in premiership years. You'd be so proud of that individually. You would never say it, but from an individual perspective, I'd be so proud of that. And when you're talking who he was playing with as well, Hodge, Mitchell, Franklin would have been there for one of those years, potentially. So, yeah, to play in a side like Hawthorne with a number of stars running around to, uh, to finish as the best player in that year certainly makes it a little bit more special, doesn't it? Uh, Brett Kirk as well. So Brett Kirk was just a god up in Sydney. So, so when I was there, really, really leaving a solid footprint at the Sydney Swans for my return of zero games across two seasons. <laughs> uh, Brett Kirk was in his element and he was just... So Brett Kirk, Barry Hall was doing some really big things. And Stewie Maxfield was a captain at the time. Stewie Maxfield, just a godly figure. Like some of those blokes, I swear that if it was night time and Stewie Maxfield would walk in, he'd be glowing. Yep. There'd be that sort of aura coming off him. But Kirk was a rookie as well. And then I think he got cut and he got rookied again as a mature age rookie. Came back, he's won best and fairest, he won a flag, 241 games. And was one of the absolute pin-up guys for this famous Bloods culture. Yeah, that they he talk was. About. That's all you, he had a lot to do with it, didn't he? Uh, early days there. Uh, great nomination, Hazy. Uh, what about Matty Boyd from the Bulldogs? Great selection. Pick 23, 2002, 292 games, 2016 flag, three-time All-Australian and three best and fairest with the Bulldogs. That's, that's a pretty good CV off, uh, off the rookie list. That is a very, very good return. Kieran Jack, he was a rookie. That is ridiculous. So another little quick story as well. I was trying to get back onto the rookie list the next year and I was basically competing for one last spot and in the end, they chose someone else instead of me. Oh, no. It was Kieran Jack. <laughs> very good call by them. Very, very good call. Because I don't think I was going to go on and play 255 games, captain the club, win best and fairest, and do all sorts of things like Kieran Jack did. Well, he was a special talent. You might have. You might have just needed <laughs> no, that, I, that so extra good. opportunity like Kirky had. I just, yeah, I, I can even tell you right now, I don't think I would have quite come along the way that Kieran Jack did. <laughs> yeah. But Sydney's rookie list success stories as well. Unbelievable. So right now, them. Dane Rampey, yep. Jake Lloyd, they're rookies. Yep. Heath Grundy was a rookie. Yep. It's ridiculous. Yep. I think the thing about Sydney is as well, though, uh, and it can work both ways. For example, Lewis Taylor. It doesn't matter what you've done. It feels like when these guys go into Sydney, everyone starts even, even, which means that bloke who's either done a heap of stuff or that bloke who hasn't done much, they're judged evenly. So this bloke in particular is not going to get more opportunities because he has a reputation. If he earns it, he will get that spot over the other guy, which is a really, really great thing. It means maybe some rookies get more of an opportunity than other people who are supposed to do good things, which is a really smart way of doing things. There's some untapped talent. I can tell you right now that there would be some untapped rookie talent at AFL lists, but they don't get a look in because they're concentrating on other blokes. There's no doubt about it. And they sort of they're sort of made to work that little bit harder. I feel rookies as well because a lot of the times it's a last minute sign on yep. and they're either doing like a train on pre-season so they're not guaranteed a spot so they're obviously doing everything right and everything in their powers to, to earn that list spot and need to do it a bit tougher for a couple of years uh, to to get the respect and 
get the opportunity and it just sticks with them for the rest of their career. So uh, I've no doubt um, that's a motivating factor for a lot of guys when they when they become rookies. And um, so we've just mentioned a, a whole heap of guys that are now retired, but what about some of these names that are off the rookie list that are still currently playing? So we spoke about Roy Laird, uh, Mark Blitzavs. Is he a rookie? He was a rookie. Wow, that's a Pick, great selection. Uh, 54, 2012. He's now played 227 games, won a flag, obviously, this year. Two All-Australians and two BNFs. Jerry, Jeremy McGovern. Wow, I didn't well. know he was a rookie. He was a rookie as well. Um, and we just spoke about Jake, Jake, Lloyd, uh, yeah, Jake Lloyd as well. So um, there's still plenty of rookies running around that are currently playing that are doing amazing things. So this is the other story about Dane Rampey as well. A text coming through saying Dane Rampey, Dane Rampey as well for Sydney All-Australian, plucked from obscurity. His story was, um, didn't get drafted, went down to the VFL, tried to crack, and I reckon he had a couple of pre-seasons maybe with the Western Bulldogs. He might have been playing, correct me if I'm wrong, for Williamstown or one of those VFL sides. Um, couldn't get a look in. He goes home, and I think he played for, oh, it might have been East Coast or it might have been... UNSW, one of the teams in the Sydney competition, smashes it, wins the medal for the best player in the Sydney competition. But that, that's not a breeding ground to pick blokes up. Anyway, the Swans are watching. They give him a chance on the rookie list. And now he is a captain. He's going to play over 250 games. He's one of the best and fairest. He's an All-Australian. It's a ridiculous story. They're full of them. They're full of them. Charlie Cameron's another one off the rookie list. Yep, which was... Uh, we could go all day. We could go all day. And we will go all day. So um, stick around. Um, whatever's happening at 10.30 is not happening. We're going to extend our rookie chat here. Just keep going. <laughs> the Bombers got a new coach, Brad Scott, which was a bit of a surprise for the longest time. It felt like Adam Uze. Feels like he's uh, turning into a bit of a coaching bridesmaid at the minute. But um, Brad Scott's got the job, of course. He has a coaching resume from North Melbourne over 10 seasons there. Um, so Brad Scott spoke to the media, also spoke about the expectations for the Bombers going forward. There's only probably one fact when it comes to our list and that it is young and inexperienced. Um, in terms of capability, you know, I think there's reason for optimism, but all we have is an opportunity to build a program to get the most out of our players. And that's what I love doing. And that's what I'm looking forward to doing. Um, and you know, we won't be drawn into um, timeframes or any outcome for that matter. I'm a bit confused as to where exactly Essendon is at and expectations going forward. So if you listen to that just by itself, that's almost, I mean, you could hear something like that from a North Melbourne presser. You could have heard someone saying that for, I don't know, Gold Coast a few years ago. I think we thought that Essendon were much more experienced than they are. We were speaking about this off air going, well, hang on. Oh, they're chock-a-bog full of experience. But then when you look at the numbers, they've actually got the second youngest list in the league. So maybe it is a bit of a development phase for the Bombers. And probably just a smart way to go about it early from Brad Scott to just temper the expectations because we know how big of a club they are. They, we know how much their supporters demand success and, and are craving success. They haven't played in too many winning finals over the past 15 years. So I think, a bit like us, I think he might realise what what he's got under the hood and they are a young side, a very talented side, still with a, a good mix of a good mix of uh, experience and seasoned players. So I think he might just be throwing that line out at the start just until he gets a good feel of the group and what the club's about and until he, until he finds his feet a little bit. So 
I mean, he doesn't want to come out and say they're going to be playing finals next year until he gets the ball rolling. So uh, I think I think this is a great appointment by Essendon. They've they've said that they have w- always wanted a, a more of an experienced coach. I think, and some of the players, from all reports, their feedback to the club well, we want someone that can grab the ball by the horns and and have that bit more of a hard edge approach to take this club where we need to go. And I, th- I certainly think Brad Scott has got that. But hearing some of his players who have played under him in the past, uh, Del Sano comes to mind. He spoke in the media this week. He has that good balance of being that hard-nosed, direct, this is what we're going to do, but then still creates those relationships and is very understanding as well, so it seems like he's got a pretty good balance. Yeah, no surprise as well, given that they're twins. But that is what you keep hearing about Chris Scott as well, and why he's such a good uh, coach and getting some good things done. Of course, at the Cats. Um, so if that's the message, and that is, it feels like don't expect too much from us. It's going to be a process. It's a big club. It is a big, strong club. There are bomber supporters everywhere. How do you feel about that? Oh four two seven one five four one double six. When Ken Hinckley comes out and says we want to win this thing, he gets smashed and. I've sat here and said, well, he shouldn't get smashed because that's what every team should be saying. Every team in the competition, bar maybe North Melbourne and maybe one or two others, should be saying, yeah, we want to play finals. We want to do well in the finals. So uh, you said, oh, look, maybe he shouldn't be out there saying, yeah, we're not going to play finals. Why not? I thought I thought Essendon were right on the, on the cusp. I, if I was an Essendon supporter and Brad Scott came out and said, yeah, we expect to play finals next year, I'd say, good, that's great. But he is curbing expectations just a little bit. Well, I think until he actually works out his list a bit more and starts to build those relationships and gets to know the players a bit better, if he says that maybe at the end of pre-season, he's obviously spent three or four months with the group and he, he certainly would be able to understand them and, and what they're capable of a little bit better. So, um, But I think I think they can bounce really quickly, Essendon, with the, with the appointment of Brad Scott. And we've seen coaches coming back for their second stint as a senior coach, um, Voss, uh, who else have I got here? Brett Ratton as well. Yep. They have certainly been better off second up, going through that experience, learning what they can improve on, going back, working on those things. And they seem to be a lot more mature and ready to go the second time around. And I've no doubt that Brad Scott will be better off for uh, for having that first stint with North Melbourne. Yep. Spot on. Thoughts? 0427 154 166. Um, let's talk about Rory Laird next because he's put himself into an unbelievably elite category at Crowland. Uh, it's three minutes past nine o'clock. Doing it thanks to the good folks at Solitaire. The new Performance R range is now at Solitaire Volkswagen. Let's get to the news. Live across Australia, Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Yeah, we're coming to you live from SNSA's studio, Lumo, right in the heart of the city, 1 King William Street. We are powered by Lumo Energy SA. Text line 0427 154 166. It's crazy this morning. There's so many texts coming through. Um, we'll do our absolute best to get through them all before 8.30. But um, I think the lines are still open. I don't think there is a, a specific moment where they get too full, but we're pushing it this morning. Well, the, the sun must be out, Hazy. It must yeah. be 22 degrees and sunny today. Yeah. Everyone is just up and about. Yes, busy fingers as well via the text line, which is good. Ken, give us a call as well. one 736 736 the weather is perfect, so what should we get up to? And South Australia round Cape Horn! What's on in SA? Yes, we love this part of the show. What's happening across South Australia? Climate's Trade Centre at Regency Park has the best taken prices 
Take it away, Gibbsy. What can we do? Well, tonight at the Entertainment Centre, let's catch Classic Rock Live with the Adelaide Sympathy Orchestra. <laughs> the greatest rock anthems of all time, Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, the Rolling Stones, Queen and more. <laughs> there you go. Was that just off the cuff for you? Did just, you just, just come to Just you? come like, bang. I was like, I've got to say this. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, solid, natural stuff there. What about the Grenache and Gourmet? <laughs> In the final two days of the Grenache and Gourmet with a range of events happening across McLaren Vale to celebrate the drop, Woodstock Wines are holding its spring fling party at an exclusive dinner at Darrenberg is also on the cards. I've got to say, I'm now at the age where I reckon you get over the age of 30 where you start to really appreciate drinking wine and going to places like this and maybe putting some boots on and looking schmick and just seeing where the day takes you. When it's 22 degrees outside as well with not a cloud in the sky, why not? Now's the time. Live your life. It's the weekend. We've worked hard during the week. So now let's live our lives. And it's a long weekend too. Just quietly. So turn one on responsibly. Get out out the house. Get out and see Adelaide. What are you doing? Keep it on SEN though. (laughs) Uh, And the Shapeshifter Brewing first birthday. So Shapeshifter Brewing is turning one. They're going to celebrate. They've organised a full weekend of celebrations. uh, Birthday cookies, beer slushy machines, amazing food trucks, live music. Um, so these guys are on Crittenden Road in Finden. Go check that out. A beer slushy. Oh, I've never heard of that. Haven't had one. Of, haven't had no. a beer slushy yet this morning. No, I haven't either. I'll get one straight after this at ten thirty. A few down Hindley Street, no doubt. Yeah. Oh, I tell you what, as well, just coming in this morning at around about four fifteen, I reckon, this morning when we started prepping. Just kidding. It was just after eight o'clock. There's already as a bunch of blokes sitting on the other side, and I've never seen a, a bunch of blokes more dishevelled, just eating some Maccas. And these weren't blokes who were clearly pushed through. They were guys who had a big night last night and were starting up again this morning. Is there still footy trips going on? What are we doing? Uh, that, it'd have to be. Like, is, it, is this footy trip time? Last weekend it was crazy. There were footy trips everywhere. But is this the time where blokes would still be going on football trips? Yeah, maybe. Or they're just a big uh, big group of blokes coming over to see the AFLW game maybe last night, Hazy. Maybe. Penciled it in on the calendar and said, yep, that's the weekend we're going over to Adelaide. Been oh. a long weekend as well. Yeah, and I was there last night. Yep. Watched the whole game. Um, and we'll speak to Ange Foley at 10 o'clock. But, geez, it was a nice spectacle. I think, I haven't seen the official crowd figures. I know they had sold about 22,000 tickets at 4 o'clock. And they were hoping for at least two or 3,000 walk-ins. I reckon they might have got it. They got a crowd of twenty five thousand or more. That is fantastic. That is just a stock standard, standalone, effectively normal AFLW game with twenty five thousand there. That's amazing. Yeah, well, we know South Australia is such a great footy state, and uh, everyone's passionate about their footy. And why wouldn't you turn up to a showdown and watch uh, watch the girls try and bash each other in uh, in a fierce contest? Jeez, the crows look good. They are absolutely on track to win another flag. Yeah, they are. They uh, they started off a little bit slow, uh, losing their first game of the year, but they've had a couple of big wins in the last couple of weeks, and they just uh, they just looked like a side that had been together uh, for a number of years. Were a Porter, obviously a new franchise side, and are just trying to find their way, um, trying to keep working on their game plan and and getting the chemistry together, whereas uh, the Crows have been doing it for a number of years and they certainly played like that last night. Mm. Uh, Climates Trade Centre at Regency Park has the best take in prices, what you need, when you need it, 0427-154-166. Gavin texted in, and it's a good, strong text. He says, you're right. It is. It is the weekend. It's my weekend. It's my time. Yes. 
Beer slushy, please. Thank you, Gavin. That's the kind of assertiveness and the strong confidence slash semi-aggression that you need heading into a weekend like this. Gavin might have been one of those blokes on Highley Street. He might have just been. getting up and getting ready to go day two. It's always better than day one. Some, is it? Apparently. <laughs> Apparently. That's a man who knows a trick or two. <laughs> I just keep reading uh, Charlie Cameron's socials uh, in the off-season. He, he likes to throw that one out Does quite he? regularly. Day two is better than day one. Day three is better than day two. I'll tell you what, day three I'm usually dust. <laughs> Some very dusty characters uh, this time last week as well off the back of uh, their footy trips. We spoke about it during the week as well. I'll put it out there again. 0427154166. We were trawling for footballers at the airport. And while we were leaving, this was on Monday, clearly there was the line, I've never seen it bigger, and it was just full of young, disheveled men who were finishing up on their football trips, heading back to wherever they came from. So as we were exiting, and in the corner there next to the bin, the recycling bin, was a whole heap of grog. A whole heap of grog. I'm not talking about open can of beer. We're talking, there was a six-pack of James Squire ginger beer, which is just so delicious. There was a bunch of CC and dryers there, all proper sealed cans. These other sort of cans, which I'd never sort of seen. I was there with two other journos. And like I said during the week, I won't mention them, but I will. It was, again, Max from Channel 10. And uh, Emma, who's a, a lovely young lady from Channel 9. And we sort of stopped and said, well, what do we do here? Do I fill my pockets with some of these drinks or do we head off? Uh, Max was cautious. Emma said, absolutely not. But I said, you know what? I'm an opportunist. I'm going to take that six pack of ginger beer. So I did. But the feedback was very, very savage. I feel like this is illegal. Well, I mean, we mentioned this during the week and straight away I got a text uh, from someone within the tight-knit SNSA family saying that's actually called theft by finding. That's a thing. If it's not a designated rubbish bin or it hasn't it could be sitting there it doesn't mean it's actually up for grabs i took it anyway clearly it was for the rubbish bin but you can actually get in trouble for a thing called theft by finding there you go um i've since drunk the ginger beer did it taste any better that it was free i drank it last night it did actually <laughs> it's fresh That's usually the case it was beautiful it was cold but uh you there just, you go you just cashed in just cashed in you've got to make the most of these opportunities i think i've been hanging around the airport for eight hours waiting for someone that never yeah. turned up I've earned this free <laughs> ginger beer that's unopened lurking outside the bin. Yeah, I've been hiding in the bin for the best part of two weeks looking for footballers. I might as well take some free piss that's sitting next to it. Yeah, well, you're more of a brave man than me. I, I, wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have done that. Yeah. I would not have done wouldn't that. You? Nah. You would have said no. I would have looked at it and been like, oh, there's a couple of free beers. I would have said, oh, I'm above this. Walking. Nah, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have done that. Not me. I drank the can and then ate the can afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to make the most of these opportunities. 927 on 1629 SNSA. Big show coming up. A lot to uh, get through. RE trade stuff as well. Port Adelaide, incredibly busy. Jack Graham, reports coming out of uh, afl.com.au that he will not be going to Adelaide. He won't be leaving Richmond. He's still got a year to go. But Asava Ratigalia has toured Alberton. And how would that sit with your Port Adelaide supporters? To potentially be shaped into a key defender. Very interesting times ahead. Seems that the Crows are all in on Isaac Rankin and Justin Reed, the list boss there, has pretty much said so, that that's where all their eggs are in. Um, and they probably don't expect too many more additions by the draft. So there you go. Yep, that is a bit of a surprise that uh, Radagalia could be trialled as a, a key back. We all know his work as a forward uh, backup ruckman. Uh, but it is easier for guys, especially forwards, big forwards, 
to resurrect their career by going down back. Let the game come to you a bit more. Um, read the ball, come off and, and intercept. Uh, we've seen plenty of cases of that being a success. Mm, Liam Jones, the pin-up boy for that. Liam Jones, Billy Frampton um, yep. in recent times from the Crows. So, look, if it's something they want to experiment with, uh, I don't know if uh, Sava Radigalia has played in defence at all in his football career to date, but... Uh, there's not many other options out there for Port Adelaide. So this might be one they look to to try and take a, a chance on. We're going to work tirelessly to try and get through all these texts. 0427-154-196 before 10.30. We want to get you involved, so please uh, send one through. Better still, if you can get through, give us a call. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 It's 9.29. News not too far away. With a large range of Volkswagen models in stock, visit Solitaire Volkswagen and test drive today. Live across Australia, Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. No, good morning to you. We are doing it thanks to our good friends at Solitaire this morning. And don't forget the new Performance R range now at Solitaire Volkswagen. Text line 0427 154 166. This one reads, hey boys, was it a late start this morning or just not airing properly? Um, no, there was a, bit of, a few little issues with the app, but we're back on track now and feeling good about things. We're very positive. How do you like to say it? A few gremlins in the system, Hazy? It's just a few little gremlins in the system, but uh, all good. We've squashed them. We're back. And we're going to move forward. You can hear us crystal yep. clear, no doubt. And live our lives because it's the weekend. It's, it's not Saturday. the weekend. It's the long weekend. It's the long weekend. I keep on forgetting, probably because we're going to be working first thing Monday morning. And uh, I'll be working in the newsroom as well. So effectively, it's just a normal day for me. But I still feel, feel those long weekend vibes. Well, don't ruin it for everyone else. No, just no. Because you're a workaholic and you, you love giving back. What I'm trying to say is that uh, Monday morning, if you're sitting there going, well, I want to tune into SEN, what's going on? No, don't worry, we'll still be on. I'll be here. We'll absolutely be on. I think, I'm pretty sure we will be. Anyway, watch this space. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't been heard mm. otherwise. A little bit of communication. That'd be nice. Uh, 9.34, we're going to speak to Ange Foley as well at 10 o'clock. Looking forward to that. Um, and we're going to do a big, giant trade discussion in between that. So um, if you've got any ideas or any thoughts with everything that's happening, and there is a lot happening behind the scenes, uh, let us know. 0427 154 Top of 22 across Adelaide today. It's news time. Live across South Australia, welcome to Saturdays in SA. With Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Yes, so 0427 154 166. That's the uh, number that you will use to get yourself involved this morning via a text. Or you can call us 1300 736 736 22 across Adelaide today. Gorgeous conditions. What are you up to for the long weekend? Uh, this text, could Asava come in as a second ruck slash third forward to free up Finlayson and play the big lockdown defender we're currently missing? His disposal is better than Asava, which is important coming out. Uh, that's from Nathan in Salisbury North. Good morning to you, great man. Well... What we're hearing is that Asava is that option to be a defender. Um, it seems like Jeremy Finlayson as well is, I mean, he could play anywhere. But Asava is probably a bit heavier, a little bit taller as well. So looking for that big key defender who can really lock down on those big, big strong forwards to free up the likes of Jonas, Lear, Lear uh, Tom Cleary, if, he, if he's in there as well. Um, but look, it would be an interesting mix um, and a nice experiment to have Asava go down there as well. Yeah, I, I think Aaliyah Aaliyah is the one that they want to free up more. He was the one having to go on on the big power forwards and play that more lockdown role from the year before where he was coming across and marking absolutely everything. Uh, opposition mids would look up and go, oh, geez, I can't kick it there because Aaliyah Aaliyah is in that good form. He's just going to come over and mark it. 
And Jeremy Finlayson, they found a second ruckman, didn't they? By not by design, by a bit of luck. Really, they had really no other option with um, with Lysette going down. And what he did as a second ruck once the ball hit the deck, he was just like another tall mid. His yep. his work below his knees for such a, a tall player was uh, exceptional. So I dare say they would want to keep that rolling. Uh, start Finlayson forward, him back up Scotty Lysette, which uh, yeah sends Radigalia back as that uh, key defender. Which we don't know if it's going to work yet, but sounds like they're uh, they're looking to experiment with that if they can get him across. So pretty much the same size, Finlayson and Asava Radigalia. Um, Finlayson's listed at 94 kilos, and Radigalia is around about 102, 103. I feel like Finlayson would be more than that. Do you reckon? Yeah. Well. He's a big boy. Either way, Radigal is probably a bit bigger and a bit stronger yep. to handle those bikes. I, I, I straight away think, who was the key defender? Who was the defender who could genuinely match it in a wrestle with Tom Hawkins? Because that's, that's going to be a huge help. Because those are the guys who you'd sit there and go, oh, well, you want to free up. I, I like having Jonas sweeping across and doing a job on the second or the third most important forward. And you're right. I want Alira Lear to be sweeping across and taking marks and not having to worry about big, key, damaging forwards like that. Yeah, you're spot on. So uh, certainly Asava Radigalia fits that mould more, doesn't he? Just to, to lock on, get in that, that wrestle. Um, and you still got to have a bit of toe. you still got to be able to have a bit of speed about you to, to shut down the lead as well. So yep. um, I think he's got a bit of, bit of pace to him. So he actually could be... Uh, could be a good fit. Yep. Watch this space. Uh, that could be one of many um, additions to Port Adelaide. They're going to be very aggressive this trade period, which is really, really good to see. Um, the Crows, not so much because they know what's happening. Isaac Rankin is coming in. They've just got to work out a deal for him. Justin Reed spoke during the week to Trade Radio. Firstly, uh, let's talk about Isaac Rankin and his potential worth. Oh, look, we're, we're obviously Isaac's a priority. Uh, we want to get him into the football club and we'll work through that with Gold Coast. So I won't go into specifics, but... Um, Certainly pick five is is a very good pick and, you know, we'll work through that together. So their first round pick and probably maybe a future second or third rounder. Does that get the deal done? Yeah, I think it does. Adelaide just want to give up their pick five. Gold Coast want a bit more. They'll sort of test each other out to see if one will give in. I don't think they will and Adelaide will have to cough up just that little bit more to, to get it over the line. You would think that this would go through reasonably early as well. This isn't a last 15 minutes of the trade period type job. Surely not. We've seen a lot of them. Sure, um, surely not again. Have you? Um, do you know of any stories where <laughs> trades just haven't gone through because the clubs couldn't come to agreement? Have you ever heard of such things happening, Bryce? Um, yes. <laughs> nearly happened twice, mind you, too. Was it late when it actually went through? Yeah. Was it a late deal? Yeah, when yeah. That go down to the wire? Yeah. The, when the I think when the paperwork got sent into the AFL this like the second year, there was a pick in there that wasn't supposed to be or something, so it oh. was like got delayed even more because the the wrong paperwork was sent in. Yes, the theatre of it all. Uh, the other talking point from the Crows, <clears throat> excuse me, of course, is Matt Crouch and where he plays his footy next year. He's got a year to go on his deal at Westlakes. Um, the Crows pretty solid, insisting that he's going to be at the Crows next year. Do you expect him to be at the club next year? Have you had any conversations with other clubs around Matt Crouch and, and where he could play in 2023? Yeah, no, we, we, Matt's contracted for 2023, so I think we've, we've, we've been on the record. I understand the interest, especially in South Australia, being a best and fairest winner, all Australian. He's a quality individual and player for our football club and, 
at times found himself out of the team this year, so we understand the interest. But no, Matt's uh, a contracted player and we expect Matt to um, have a big off-season and, and we'll see him in the Crows' colours most likely next year. We were hearing there's a, a little bit of interest from a couple of Victorian clubs, but um, I'd like to see Matt Crouch just resurrect himself and get himself back into that form, which saw him become an All-Australian. He's the best and fairest winner. So it's there. Um, he probably needs some more opportunities because he's a prolific ball winner. But right now, as it sits, he well, he wasn't in their best 22. So it's going to be an interesting pre-season to see what happens next year with Matt Crouch. Yeah, and I'm not sure if I can 100% trust what uh, Justin Reid is saying there in terms of that... Uh Crouch and even Fisher Mackesy will be in, in Crow's colours next year. He, he played a pretty straight bat and I mean if he was to come out and say we want to move these players on, they're going to lose their currency pretty quickly. So you know, to say that they're uh, required players for next year um, you know, that's that seems the, the educated thing to say to everyone but um, I mean if Matt Crouch was having 40 plus touches in the sandfall every week and still couldn't get an opportunity towards the back end of this year, what uh, what makes you think he's going to be you know, fighting his way back into the side next year when you've got the the quality of guys like Rory Lone, uh, Rory, Rory, Lone Rory Sloan coming back into the mix and uh, they're certainly going to give him every opportunity to get back and playing good footy. So um, I'm with you. I, th- I hope he finds a new home. I think he's still got some really good footy to play. And uh, a change of environment might do him, do him wonders. Brad was in the same position. So not quite as in he was spending a lot of time in the sample. But Brad was in a position where you started to question, and there was genuine questions at what it would look like his lineup for the Crows in the future. He goes to the Saints, and it has just been an absolute seamless transition. And now he is a really, really quality piece of their midfield. Yeah, and I mean, I think Brad... Could could demand a little bit more in terms of uh, what he was worth uh, at the at the trade table. Uh, he's a little bit of a different player to Matt in terms of he's got a bit more leg speed and can sort of burst out of stoppage. Uh, where Matt's you sort of win win the ball and, and dish it out type operator. So um, although they do play in the midfield and accumulate a lot of the ball, they are different players. But um, yeah, I mean, as I just said, uh, I would be I would be surprised if Matt Crouch was at the at the Adelaide Crows next year. I think something will get done somewhere. Right, okay. I get involved this morning. 0427154166. Carl Amon has joined Hawthorne. Uh, officially, four-year deal, uh, worth up to 650000 per season. Chris Davies uh, was pretty adamant that Port were hoping, expecting uh, a first-round pick, even late first-round pick. They haven't got that. They've got pick 27 as compensation. Is that fair? I think it is. Yeah, my gut feel says it is. First round would have been... You'd be laughing, I reckon, if you were Port Adelaide and you got a first-round compensation for Carl Amon. There's not much you can do about it. I mean, it's based on, I suppose... Once they crunch the career, numbers. Yep. Also, the contract that you've signed and everything. Yep. So, I mean, unfortunately for Port Adelaide, they can't dictate how much Carl Amon's going to yep. get paid at Hawthorne, which probably seems about right. There was some, some big talk as well about these outrageous figures. You thought, well, if those figures stack up, then yeah, that probably will compensate into a first-round pick. But early second-round pick... And it sounds about right, 650 yep. a year for Carl. It's a great yep. contract, I four think, years. I think I'd be, yeah, I'd be happy with that for, for both sides, to be honest. Um, Jack Gunston and Josh Dunkley are going to end up at Brisbane. Is, this, is that what's going to take Brisbane to the next level? Because Dunkley is coming off a best and fairest win. 
Um, it was only a few seasons ago, or a couple of seasons ago, that uh, Jack Gunston uh, won Hawthorne's Best in Ferris. There's still some very, very good football left in him. Of course, he had some tragic family circumstances this year, which obviously would have interrupted the way he went about his football. Um, I'd be very bullish if I was a Lions supporter. Bit of a theme there, isn't it? With uh, Chris Fagan and him getting ex-Hawthorne uh, ex players up to the, to the Lions. Luke Hodge, obviously... We saw a Grant Birchall do it in the last couple of years, and now Jack Gunston. Um, I mean, yeah, I think it's a great get. He's obviously going to bring leadership qualities as well. Not that uh, the Brisbane Lions are lacking in the leadership space, but uh, he's still got a couple of good years left in him. Um, we know he's had an unbelievable career, uh, more so at, at Hawthorne uh, than he did at the Crows. But, uh, yeah, and Dunkley, he's just going to add to that, that midfield. He's going to give more help to Lockie Neal, who... Again, had another outstanding year, second in the Brownlow. Uh, won another best and fairest for the Lions during the week as well. So that'll only help him uh, and, and that midfield. As I just said, Dunkley can play inside, can play outside. And they're, they're another team that are going to be right up there again next year. Their, mm. their list profiles still still very, very well balanced. And although they didn't do... The damage we thought they might have at the start of the year, they're going to still be fighting for a top four spot with uh, with the inclusions of those two. Ooh, it's going to be a spicy trade period. It all starts on Monday, of course. Uh, tune in for Trade Radio. Um, we're coming to you live from SNSA Studio Lumo. That's one King William Street, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Thanks to our good mates at Solitaire. The new performance R-Range is now at Solitaire Volkswagen. It's 10 minutes to 10. Top of 22 across Adelaide today. What a gorgeous day ahead of a long weekend. Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. We are powered by Lumo Energy SA. We're coming to you live from SNSA's Studio Lumo, right in the heart of the city, 1 King William Street. And our very, very good friends, we love the guys at Solitaire. The new performance R range is now at Solitaire Volkswagen. Some nice stories have emerged from the grand final. I think we can all safely agree there's a 100% success rate when it comes to talking about Joel Selwood as an elite, flawless human being. Well, he does a lot right on the field, and he does plenty more right off it. Yeah, absolutely. What a gem of a human he is. Um, love this story. Uh, we spoke about it just before, about Joel Selwood and his journey from winning a grand final to getting back to the club. So I, I drove home Saturday night. Um, I, I'd had three beers after the grand final, which sounds a bit boring uh, for a lot of people. I wanted to get Brit home um, as she was pretty exhausted being 18 weeks pregnant. But I didn't read the play that well and got back to the place that she was at and forgot the key that was in my locker. So Harry Taylor did the uh, right thing and went and ran and got the key. But when he jumped back in the car and I dropped him off, he left it in his pocket. Uh, I decided to uh, turn into the APCO in uh, Barwon Heads and uh, just grab some goodies because I hadn't eaten enough for the night and um, when I put into gear it probably then dawned on us that we were in a bit of trouble and we had no key so there was a young P plater girl that had been uh, at the pub, her name was Emily um, and I asked Emily if she could drop me home and I jumped in the car and I asked her how her day was and she she wasn't in the best of moods, to be honest. She, it was a busy day at the pub, Bowen Heads pub, and um, she didn't really pick up who I was uh, at the time. <laughs> she asked me how I my day was, and I said it was actually pretty good. <laughs> and then uh, she said, what did I get up to? I said, I actually uh, played in the game today. 
and uh, she still hadn't picked up who I was, which was a nice thing. And then uh, she asked for my name and then she started swearing at herself. Um, we picked up the key, we drove back to the car and I told Emily that I actually have the cup in the car and would she like a photo? And uh, she got her photo and uh, she drove back home to Geelong. <laughs> oh, I love that story. Mistaken identity as well. Have you ever been mistaken for somebody else? Well, most people would say that's Bryce Gibbs. Uh, that's Bryce Gibbs used to play for the West Tigers. No, 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 that's Bryce Gibbs used to play for the Blues and the Crows. Oh, that's the story that I'm about to roll out. Oh, really? So, Bo Ryan, Cronulla West Tigers player, now TV presenter. Yeah. Hosts the Amazing Race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just hit me up on uh, social media <laughs> inbox. Um, oh, it was a couple of years ago now. Uh, just having a conversation with me. And I'm like, this is a bit strange. Like, I don't know Bo that well. I've met him, met him a couple of times over the journey, but then it clicked. I was like, I think he thinks I'm Bryce Gibbs, the NRL player. Yeah. And I twigged and then I mentioned something to him and he was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I legitimate thought he was having a conversation with, that, with the Bryce Gibbs, the NRL player. So how far into the conversation? Because Bryce Gibbs was a very prominent NRL player, 155 games for the West Tigers, including their premiership, and another 42 for Canola, nearly 200 games. So they played together and are obviously good mates. And Oh, geez, good mates. Well, yeah, it must be. <laughs> Bo Ryan's talking to the wrong bloke. <laughs> That's outstanding. Um, there was a phase where I was having almost the long hair on top and short on the sides. You know that was going through? bit like mine at the moment. bit like yours at the moment. Yours is much thicker than mine, I will say. But quite quite long, like long on top. Anyway, for about two weeks, I, I was getting stopped. Um, not almost daily, but for some reason at service stations. And then finally, I was like, what is going on here? Who do they think I am? And then finally, some bloke was like, can I get a photo? I said, no. <laughs> okay. And I said, who do you think I am? And he goes, you're the bloke from YouTube. The loosest Aussie bloke in Australia. I'm like, no, no, I'm not. I know who that is. You think I'm Alex Williamson? I'm not that guy. So with the right haircut, apparently I used to look like Alex Williamson. And there was a good solid uh, phase where I had to get the haircut because people were stopping me like, oh, you're the loosest bloke ever. I love your work. I'm like, no, I'm not funny at all. That's not me. I'm not Alex Williamson. You just had enough. I just had enough. Yeah, I don't want to be this bloke anymore. I'm not funny. I'm actually quite aggressive. Could you, could you get have, out of my face. Could you have used that though? Skipping the line at uh, yeah, at what, the pub, or in the, get, <laughs> get some free tickets somewhere. That was in the height of his fame, too. Yeah, that much pull. Uh, I'd love to know at the height of it what sort of perks you could get for being Alex Williamson. <laughs> <laughs> what sort of what sort of perks you can get for being NRL's well, Bryce Gibbs? I actually, I remember a story the boys, old boys from Carlton, used to say Ryan Horlihan when he used to have the long hair. Yep. Looked a little bit like Steve Nash, the basketballer. <laughs> and they, they reckon when they were in the States uh, or in the off-season, they uh, tried to. They were in Vegas or nightclubs in, in LA or whatever, and they tried to skip some lines. And all the boys pretended like to be his entourage, and they went up to the bouncer, and they're like, you know, who are you doing? They're like, oh, boy, it's Steve Nash. Like, And then they're like, you know, I speak. And he was like, no, nah, he doesn't speak, mate. So there's Ryan <laughs> That's like, good. looking like he's had the sunnies on, the hood up, <laughs> like looking, trying to pretend he's Steve Nash. And I think it might have worked, but um, the things you, they tried to get away with, uh, pretending Ryan Houlihan as Steve Nash. See, that's clever. That's clever, saying, no, he doesn't talk. No, he doesn't talk. He doesn't but, talk. Uh, he's let, too good for let that. Let us in for free. Let him in. Do you remember the blue, the beautiful girls? I love the beautiful girls. So Matt McHugh was the lead singer. Yeah. So I remember back in the day uh, seeing them here, and this was probably at the height of their fame as well, and going to Chivago. 
the Gov. They played at the Gov a lot. So yeah, yeah, beautiful yeah. girls. Certainly towards the end, uh, where they probably couldn't quite draw the crowds of uh, Thebby, etc. Started going to the Gov. I remember going out, and one night we were basically I was dressed like Matt McHugh, and that was the little short hat, you know, those little cool trendy yeah, hats. Yeah, yeah. Probably wearing a flanny, um, boots, all that sort of gear, hipster gear before it became a genuine thing. And going to the Chivago's and saying, oh, and getting my mate to say, oh, that's, we're the beautiful girls. And that's Matt McHugh. And the girl goes, I love the beautiful girls. They're my favorite band. And he goes, okay, so we'll, we'll just roll in for free. No cover charge. She's like, no, you guys are still going to pay. <laughs> Sing us a song, Matt. So you think I'm genuinely Matt McHugh. I've still got to pay a $10 cover oh. charge. Stiff. Unlikely. No perks for being a classy singer. All right, one minute past 10 o'clock. We're going to speak to Ange Foley of Port Adelaide next. Keep the text coming through 0427 154 Top of 22 degrees across Adelaide today. Here's the news. Live across South Australia, welcome to Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Giggs. Yeah, the new performance R range is now at Solitaire Volkswagen and we are coming to you from SNSA Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. It was a historical occasion last night at Adelaide Oval, the first ever AFLW showdown. Um, the Crows were dominant. They've been dominant all season. They came off a 96-point thumping of GWS last week, and they were just as good last night, 60-point winners. But nonetheless, it was an amazing situation. The crowd was brilliant. The atmosphere was electric. Um, and someone who has seen the absolute heights of everything the AFLW has to offer is Ange Foley. She joins us this morning. Good morning to you, Ange. Hi, good morning, boys. How are you? Uh, going very well. Not the result you would have wanted last night, but uh, what an occasion. What was it like? Yeah, you're right. The atmosphere was amazing. Um, I feel like it was Port Strong. Um, when it when the ball headed our way, all you could hear was um, the Port fans getting behind us, which was awesome. I think I didn't see the exact number, but they're talking 20. So um, that's pretty amazing for, for women's sport, for sure. Now, it was always going to be a, a tough task, uh, Ange, and we know the Crows have been together uh, for a number of years, and, and you were obviously a part of that. Um, what did uh, Lauren Arnell talk about after the game? There certainly would have been some learnings out of the game still. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, we're, we're a young side. Um, we've only been together for 15 weeks now. We, we worked out. Um, and so what we're, what we're doing at the moment is, um, learning from everything, every experience that we have. And um, the Crows definitely gave us a fair few lessons yesterday in, you know, just the way that they move the ball and, and set up really well and, and how we, we need to work out how to kind of, um, you know, defend that or, or whatever it is. So um, after the game, it was a lot about, um, you know, be really disappointed because um, that's not the way that we wanted to, um, go about our footy last night, but you know what can we learn from it? And I can tell you, over the first six um, uh, rounds of this competition, these girls at Port Adelaide are just willing to do that. They sit down with their coaches and they pick their game apart, and then they move on really quickly. Honestly, this morning we're already thinking about Hawthorne and how we can learn some lessons from last night and take that into the game on next on next Saturday night. So, like you mentioned, Ange, that, that's going to come in terms of game style and, and play, etc. But what I did really like from a Port Adelaide perspective is um, the girls brought the heat nice and early and you matched it with them yeah. for the best part of probably the first half. So that's certainly yeah. something to be proud of. No, absolutely. Um, and then when we came out after half time, I think we did more around the contest area as well. And that's what Loz asked for. So you can't really 
um, fault that kind of effort part in the tackle. I think we beat him in the tackle, um, which is pretty big. The Crows have probably prided themselves on on tackle over the last few seasons. So I think that's really a little feather in our cap from last night. We're going to think about the positives and the things that we did really well, but also the things that we can get better at as well. And how did you feel personally playing against your old teammates? You've obviously had uh, shared some great memories with a lot of these girls. And I remember when I played uh, Carlton for the first time, they actually gave me the silent treatment and didn't say anything, which I found a little bit strange. Was uh, was there any banter between you and the girls or did you get the silent treatment like I did? Yeah, I got a little bit of silent treatment too. I thought um, I was going to get more than that. Um, it wasn't – I thought it was a good thing um, – I think for me it was a bit of a respect thing. You know, we have been through a fair bit together, um, and there there's some good mates of mine. Um, don't get me wrong. Um, you know, there was a couple of little remarks, but I was giving it to to them as well. But it's all in you know tongue in cheek and all a bit of fun. And um, honestly, I really enjoyed being out there. Um, you know, it was a really uh, amazing occasion. Um, as I said, a big crowd. Um, it's it's one for the history books for sure. So I'm pretty proud to be have been a part of it, whichever team I'm playing for. You know. Did Aaron or Justine cop any? I don't think so. I didn't talk to him after the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, interesting stuff. Um, you said before yeah. that you're moving on to the next game. Um, the first sort of six weeks, it's been a nice progression. It still feels like uh, I know last night was not a good result, but it feels like the second win's not too far away. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've got another expansion side on Saturday night, Hawthorne, but in saying that, they've just come off two of their first wins, so they're on a bit of a streak. Um, you know, we'll look at them and see what they do and and how we can beat them. But, you know, I'm just we just um, look at every game as if every team's absolutely beatable and, um, you know, if we can head over to Melbourne and get our second win, we'll be pretty happy. Hey, Ange, we really appreciate you fronting up and uh, having a chat with us the morning after a loss. Um, congratulations on the occasion, though, last night. It was a great big crowd and um, still did the Port Adelaide faithful. Very, very proud. So um, good luck next week against the Hawks. Thank you so much, boys. Thanks for having me on. Ange Foley joining us this morning. Um, trying to get a, an official number of the crowd, but it was solid. I know they had sold about 22,000 tickets at 4 o'clock and they were expecting two or 3,000 walk-ins. So that sort of crowd for an in-season AFLW um, game straight away will be a record. But it's a nice showing of where the direction that the game is heading and also the people have taken a while, but they're slowly coming back to live sport. Yeah, uh, watching it on TV, you could see it looked quite full uh, in the background. So, I mean, you were there, Hazy. Was it was it loud? Was it a loud atmosphere? It was really uh, loud. Down at it was ground good. level? Yeah, yep. it was really good. It was a really, really uh, good atmosphere. Um, look, it, it, it did blow out from a game perspective and you knew probably from the start of the third quarter that um, it was going it was going to be very, very one-sided. But it was nice. Um, and that is showdown one, done and complete. And the Crows now have the upper hand. Yeah, they do. And uh, yeah, next time they play, uh, probably next year now or next season, that uh, Port will be, you'd think, be a lot more competitive, having uh, you know spending more time together and... Uh, they'll be they'll be better for the run. Yep. All right, let's go through a bit of a sports wrap next. Uh, you can get involved this morning as well, of course, via the text line, 0427154166. Top of 22 across Adelaide today. Just a lovely, good, solid spring day to kick us off for October. This is what it's all about. As soon as the sun comes out and it's over 20 degrees. Your, short, your shirt's off. Yeah, it is. That, you're not <laughs> supposed to say that. 
You instantly strong. feel better. You do. You feel happier. Yep, absolutely. So get out there, people. Get outside and do stuff. And what you were saying to me off air is you've had uh, first, that's your first full week of Breakfast Radio last week? Yes, yep. it was. And you're sort of saying, oh, geez, you know, it's, you get into a bit of a zone, but it's a different world getting up that early. It is. It? I feel my body clock's just all over the shop at the yeah. moment. I was up early waiting for my alarm to go off, knowing that I had a little bit of a sleep in because we, uh, Saturday mornings, we start a little bit later than during the week. But um, yeah, yeah I'm, uh, so I'm getting used to it. I know it'll fix that up. Um, daylight saving is going to start um, tonight or tomorrow morning. So effectively, you'll probably have to get up an hour earlier <laughs> yeah. on Monday. How does that sit with you? Oh, that's okay. It's Knowing to, I'm coming to work with you, Hazy, that, uh, that's the, the only uh-huh. motivation I need. That's nice. Really nice words. Get around the boys. All right, it's 10 past 10 on 1629 SCNSA. Good morning. Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Text line is off its face. 0427-154-166. That's how busy it is. Uh, this is a great text from Brett. He said, morning, boys. Are you guys fed up with bad trophies like the silly little showdown plate last night when it comes to sports trophies? I want to see big, fancy gold and silver cups. You know, trophies that look ridiculous in opulence and size. Not tiny little awards like the Brownlow and McGarry. Make them big and bold and shiny. Silver, gold, big, beautiful, ridiculous trophies inside size and detailed design. Love that. Think of the Stanley Cup in the NHL. It's huge. Is that, that wasn't a text. That was a short novel. That was a, that was a small essay. He's had a go at that, hasn't he? Good stuff. Good detail No, there. but I'm with him, yeah. Bigger the better. Yeah. I just did a quick little Google search of biggest trophy in sports, and the first thing that comes up is probably the biggest trophy in sport. The Borg Warner Trophy stands 1.625 metres high and weighs 45 kilos. On top of the trophy is a naked man after the tradition of ancient Greek athletes waving a chequered flag. The trophy is awarded to the winner of the Indianapolis 500 and was first presented in 1936. I want my trophies to be 1.6 metres high with a naked man waving a chequered flag. How hard is it? 43 kilos. Make it happen. It's hard to drink, but you, you can drink beer out of it kilos. and do weights at the same time. <laughs> Good luck hoisting that above your head. <laughs> you wouldn't want to drop it. Oh, goodness me. We're drifting off into a different tangent. Um, all right. <laughs> let's uh, talk about um, some sport that's happening around the globe. You're our EPL resident expert, Bryce. What do you got? I am, and it's good to have some EPL football back this weekend, uh, some postponements with the death of the, the Queen, and uh, some international games happening over the last couple of weeks. So a couple of big games, actually. So we have the London Derby, or Derby, depending where you're from, Arsenal take on Tottenham, who are both sitting in the top four. So that'll be a cracker. That's actually the early time slot tonight at 9pm. So we love the early games. The Manchester derby as well, which, uh, which is always a cracking contest. And for the Leicester and Nottingham Forest fans, it's actually bottom v second bottom. So Ooh. no doubt that'll uh, be spicy. Real spicy snooze fest. So, yeah, a couple of great games with the uh, EPL kicking off with the early game in the London Derby at 9 o'clock tonight. There you go. Good stuff. Um, some golf. The PGA Tour has countersued Live Golf, claiming the breakaway competition offered astronomical sums of money to sports wash the recent history of Saudi atrocities. It's the latest twist in the sports bitter of civil war and is a direct response from the PGA Tour to Live Golf's federal antitrust lawsuit filed in August claiming players were banned from PGA events for playing in Live tournaments. This is really, really spicy. This is the PGA V to Live. And what's happening in between is there are golfers getting paid an absolute shit ton of money. <laughs> and it's going to be spicy between these two 
franchises for a long, long time. Mm. They're just never going to see eye to eye, are they? No. Um, here's the big question, though. If a live tournament did turn up and they've been here, they've had a little look, they've met up with the gurus at the Grange Golf Club, seeing if we could uh, welcome something in, it would bring an astronomical amount of money. It would be one of the biggest sporting events that Adelaide has seen. Would you go and watch it? Yes. You'd watch it? Yes. I'd watch it. I'd go and watch it. I've never been to a golf tournament before. Yeah, either. And I would go. So, so I'm exactly the same. I would never go and watch golf anywhere, but this is something to go, you know, actually I'm in. Not even if you're overseas maybe and you've got a ticket, free ticket to the Masters. Oh, that's, that's You different. would go then. Yeah, you'd you go would, for, for something the experience. like this. I'm talking about a golf event in Adelaide. No, I would not go either. But you would if it was live. Absolutely. Bloody oath. Yeah, we, we are absolutely in agreement on this. 0427154166. I just wonder if there's people out there who would say, no, 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 I wouldn't go because of what live um, is all about. I don't really understand all of the um, beginnings and everything that happens underneath. I know through there's some dirty history there, but sports sport. It'd be, it'd be worth going just to you know, follow the the players around the course because there'd be pineapples falling out their pockets. Mm. They've got that much cash from these tournaments. Cam Smith blows his nose in a $100 note. <laughs> I'm picking it Throws up. Throws it on the ground. Throws it on the ground. I pick it up. I'm fighting well, for it. Well, you do pick up uh, stray yeah. beers and ginger beers out of the bin. So, yeah. Of course you'd pick up 100 bucks. That's where Cam Smith's at. Yeah, that's where Cam Smith's at. He just um, opens up a can of Coke, has one sip, and then just puts it on the ground. And then, I'll take that can of Coke. (laughs) Easy swoops. (laughs) It's only had one sip out of it. It's Cam Smith as well. I don't care. It's 20 minutes past 10 o'clock. Keep the text coming through. 0427-154-166. Um, Still time to give us a call as well. 1-300-736-736. Uh, this text, boys, I'm starting to get really worried that Port won't get anything in the trade period. Grundy says no. Dunkley says no. Graham says no. What's going? Who's going to say yes? Well, hopefully, from a Port Adelaide perspective, um, Asava Radiglia says yes. They're cooking, Port. They're really, really cooking. We haven't even started the trade period. Well, I, th- my, I think my Port Adelaide contract officially expires today, being the 1st <laughs> of October. So if they want to get in contact with me, I'd, I'd happily take a call if they're struggling. So um, in terms of the bio, I did see as well that uh, you're going to be part of the SEN commentary team going forward for this year. So congratulations on that. <laughs> Am I? Yeah, I think so. Well, I saw the media release. Is there a media release? Well, congratulations on that. Maybe that's a different discussion. <laughs> so in your bio, okay. what do you want to be called? A former Carlton player, a former Crows player, or a former Port Adelaide top-up player? And we spoke about rookies earlier. I did go number one in the rookie draft two that's years ago right. as well. I'm ticking a lot of boxes. <laughs> There's a stat for you. You could CV. There's a stat for you. Did you actually go number one? Number one. Number one. So there you go. Who's here's a, This is a question on the bottom of a beer cap, isn't it? Who's the only player in AFL history to go number one in the national draft and the rookie draft? <laughs> I'm, Surely. I'm not sure it's been done before. Surely not. If it has, that's probably a question for Sir Swamp Thing. Yeah, let's see if we can find that out because uh, I'd never thought of that. <laughs> There you go, all sorts of trivia this morning. 22 minutes past 10 o'clock, doing it thanks to Solitaire, the great guys at Solitaire. The new performance R range is now at Solitaire Volkswagen, so go down there, check it out. Uh, 22 past 10 for a top of 22 degrees across Adelaide. Live across Australia, Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Yes, and we are powered by Lumo Energy SA. Text line, we'll get through one more. Uh, we've missed probably two or 300, but that's okay. We've done our best. <laughs> 
Uh, this one reads, Adelaide struggles to draw big stars as it, as it is. So regardless of Liv's motivations, I would absolutely be going to see Cam Smith play at the Grange if they came here. Beers, sunshine, world golf. Yes. Great text from Steve. Couldn't agree more. I agree. I'm in. Let's, I'm in. Actually, why don't we go and play a round of golf? We should definitely play a round of golf. Um, yes. Tommy Lyon joins us. And Tommy, you're actually a little golfer yourself. Yeah, I don't mind a, a round here and there. I've got a membership at the North Adelaide mm. one. And um, yes, as we were just talking off air, I had an incident uh, with Tim Ginever actually once oh, playing. Hang on, before you get into it, has anyone ever had an incident with Tim Ginever that's not absolutely lovely? <clears throat> He's the nicest bloke on the planet. On the planet? Yeah. And I actually, I bumped into him um, this a couple of years ago and, and reminded him and it was quite funny. I was, I was about eight years old or 10 years old playing at Semaphore Golf Course with my mate. And teeing off on the the longer hole with a with a wood probably shouldn't have used a wood, but and Tim Ginever and he was with Graham Corns actually of all people and they were putting on the adjacent green across from me, <laughs> so at, and, at right angles, uh, probably about <laughs> like thirty degrees or something. I love with this. So they're still in front of me, but just you know you got to really shank the shot to head towards yep. them. And anyway, I go to drive. And I've shanked it, and it's heading towards Tim Ginever while he's putting like a missile, like it's rocketing towards him. And I've got to say four, but I was just so – I don't know what I was doing, but I went f -f 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 -f. and um, the the ball smashed him in the rib cage, <laughs> And – he went down like a sack of potatoes <laughs> on the green, and and I was running over, and I was like, "I'm I'm so sorry. I I, I tried to say four, but it didn't come out." And and um, you know, even in that moment when he could have been upset, and I swear one of his ribs would have been cracked, <laughs> like it was like a freaking missile. Um, he he put his hand up and went, "It's okay, little bud," and um, and got back He's up. So lovely, yeah. And, and then and he continued to play, but he you could see he was really hindered. <laughs> it would have rattled Cornsy as well. Yeah, what yeah. was Cornsy's reaction? He uh, he had that that face where it wasn't impressed. He was just like bloody kids. Oh my god! You nearly took out Tim Ginnivan. That is absolutely golden. Oh, good stuff. A lot of text this morning. Thank you so much. Um, we got to speak to Ange Foley as well. Um, you got a big night tonight, Gibbsy. Big night. Uh, the Nucky Cup, Panthers best and fairer. Oh. So, yeah, suiting up and uh, heading into Adelaide Oval. So it should be a great night. You, nice. Tommy, very quickly. What are you up to? I will be lying down because I'm unwell. <laughs> okay, good stuff. <laughs> well, we'll catch you this time next week. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Have a safe, long weekend. Catch you really soon.